Welcome back to Don't Go to Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Circe, so I now know the ending of Circe's story because we have we have finished the book. We have finished the book Circe by Madeline Miller. Gonna talk about it. Got some notes. Uh, no hot, no no rant or hot take today. We're just we're just going for it. We're just gonna jet like Circe going to get Trigon's tail. We're gonna dive right in. Ooh. So there we go. So, you know okay. who you know who should not have dived right in? Dived? Dove? I guess she wa- kind of just walked. I think she I pictured it as like a Pirates of the Caribbean skeleton boys walking on the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um but okay, okay. My the, I messed up my transition. <laughs> Telegonus, Circe's son, yeah, leaves, right, and just like goes off on this journey. She gives him some directions how to get to Ithaca. Like, but my guy has never sailed before. He doesn't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. D- like, I don't know if he's good at directions because he's never had to use them. Hmm. Yes. I just, I just, I don't think that they're taking the, the, the like difficulty of sailing and navigating very seriously. Like, I feel like the, the specter of Athena hanging over has like blotted out the sun with all of the other things where she's like, okay, this will protect you against like Athena and all of the, the other, the things like that. But it's like, he's never sailed before and can't swim and has never like been on a boat. Yeah, yeah. This is a really good point because it was it was incredibly surprising and terrifying to me when Penelope was like, hey, Telegonus or Telemagus, whatever your name is, do you want to learn how to swim? And it was like, uh, what? You know you could you could have taught him how to do that at a point, seriously, because there's water all around you. Right. The, look, this okay, but the question here now is: Does Circe know how to swim? Oh, well, like okay, and can Circe swim? Because <laughs> she talks about when she goes down, when she goes down to the bottom of the ocean, she just like she's just walks. She yeah. says she doesn't need to strap stones to herself. Yes. Okay. Probably she doesn't know how to swim. I'm going to say probably she doesn't, but she definitely knows people need to swim, right? Like she definitely knows humans need to swim. I would, I would think so. And like you figured out all this sorcery stuff. You can figure out how to teach your kid how to do the doggy paddle or whatever. Right. Now, unless we're missing something key, what if this, what if this trigon tail is like a talking spear and it Mm -hmm. like, it can like give, give her son like advice. Hey, we're, we're going the right way. Good job, buddy. Or, hey, uh, maybe it's got like a little flotation action. Like, I'm mm-hmm. saying maybe the spear isn't just to keep Athena at bay. Okay. Maybe the spear does more 
It's just like the most important thing is it keeps Athena away. And everything else is just kind of like, yeah, he doesn't know how to swim, but like this will take care of it. He'll be fine. Either that. Could be. Either that or literally every bad thing that happens in the world is because of a god like doing something awful, right? Like it could be that Cersei is like, you know what? His ship's not going to have any problems because he's got this spear. Because <laughs> all the bad shit that ever happens is because a god is bored and wants to mess with somebody. Wow. That's something to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, for one thing, even if it's not true, it sounds like something that Cersei might think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's, that's perfectly valid that Cersei might think that. Because, like, every natural phenomenon in this world is controlled by a god. So, like, yeah, Poseidon's not going to fuck with you, dude. You got the spear. You're going to be fine. Sure, it might take you forever to get there because your boat sucks ass, but, like, <laughs> you're going to be fine. Your boat, Your boat's not great, but, I mean, yeah, you've got the spear. I I I do like this point about the spear because I will say I was a little bit disappointed in the spear. Mm. Not necessarily. Well, wait, let me let me say this. When when she went down there and she meets mm-hmm. this like ancient god. It's like older than all of the gods that she knows, which mm-hmm. by the way, a little a little note there about what you've been talking about this whole time about like makers of the world and that kind of thing and apparently it's poison can like kill or really badly hurt one of the gods there's a hierarchy here we need to think about you guys (laughs) yeah okay okay but when when she was doing this i i just like kind of had some some questions right like this whale shark god like is his is his only thing his tail? Mm. Well, ooh, it could be. I mean, it, he's also massive, right? He's also massive and lives at the very bottom of the deepest ocean, which is another yeah, kind of I mean, kind a, of a thing a going boy. for him. But it it might be that his tail is like the biggest thing that he's got going for him. Yeah, yeah. That's not like that's not good enough. Okay, Am what? I wrong? No, you're so wrong. What? <laughs> okay. I mean, that okay. Everybody is scared of this tale. Everybody. Okay? To the point where Cersei meets him and is like, "Yeah, most other creatures like this have a bunch of battle scars. They've been in big fights with other creatures for dominance. This guy is clean." No scars. Okay, okay. Pure. Okay, that comparison doesn't make any sense, though. What? That's like, (laughs) that's like, wow, this god has really been beaten up on the other animals at the bottom of the ocean. That's not what I'm comparing him to. That would be like me being impressed by Helios for not getting his ass kicked by some of his cows. Who cares about that? Okay, okay, hold on. So when I I'm read comparing... that, when I read that, I didn't read that as Cersei being like, yeah, Trigon isn't fighting with a bunch of squid and sperm whales at the bottom of the ocean. 
I read it as like there's other ancient powerful creatures at the bottom of the ocean and Trigon is just the most powerful in that class. So like so like I see it I saw it as like Helios fighting other titans was the what she was referring to with Trigon not fighting any of the other creatures down there. Okay. I mean, okay, I I think that you're right that it's more than just like him versus some other sharks or something like that. But does that mean that he's, is he keeping stuff in like his power is hidden so that we don't know what it is? Or is he just like really agile and can always hit them with his tail? Because like, that's the only thing that I know about him so far. Yeah, yeah, this is a good point. I mean, he's also got a great intimidation factor, which we need to take into account. Sure, the tail is a big part of it. But even without the tail, when Circe goes down to his domain and it's just bones and darkness and then he comes out of the like darkness to her and it's this massive sea creature, that's kind of scary, you know? Mm-hmm. And he can, it sounds like he can make some kind of illusions with, you know, grab my tail. Hot, psych, that wasn't my tail. So. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good. But, okay, my, my other qualm with this is what is the point of him? You know what I mean? Like, the guy is just down there at the bottom of the ocean Mm-hmm. Is he guarding something? See, this is the this is the point where we're gonna have a problem because Cersei definitely said why he existed. I think I think you're right. Cersei definitely was like, mm, maybe it was Uranus. One of the first gods made him for a particular purpose, and I can't remember what that purpose was now. Okay, okay, yeah, now that you say that, I think you're right. I Okay, but the point that I was going to make is that he's talked about all these people coming down to, like, challenge him. Mm-hmm. But it's always been for his tail. Yeah, because the tail is dope, dude. You were... It's like, get something else. <laughs> no, why does he need something else? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, put my guy up against Zeus, okay? Zeus's only thing yeah. is the freaking lightning bolt. What are you talking yeah, about? It's a range thing. How are you getting to him with this little shitty spike on your tail? <laughs> I'm picking Zeus every time. <laughs> Dude, I'm into Trigon. I love Trigon. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about Trigon a little bit more, though. He's He's got to be a little pissed about the tail, right? Here's what I mean. Seriously comes down and is like, hey, I'm, I need your tail for my son because he's Athena's trying to kill him. And Trigon's like, okay, I'll give you my tail, my one cool badass thing that's incredibly cool and badass. Just, just give it back when you're done, okay? Give it back when your boy's done with it. Just throw it in the ocean. So she's like, okay, dope, dope. Takes the tail, sends her son off, he murders Odysseus, which, like, fine. I don't know why he's so beat up about it, but whatever. That's not important. 
What's important is like, she then just keeps it. He comes back and she's like, okay, cool. Well, this is really valuable. So I'm just going to hang on to it. What's Trigon going to do? He doesn't have a tail. <laughs> like if I'm Trigon, I'm like, hey, I got bit by a shark the other day and I couldn't do anything about it. Could I get my tail back? Like you're done with it. You're totally done with it. We made a deal. Because okay. I think he's got to be pissed because it's like his only thing. Like you were saying, not it's like his only thing, but like, you got to give that back, Cersei. <laughs> right. Okay. I have, I have two things to say about this. Number one is like, what what's Trigon going to do about it? You know what I mean? Because like the, the, uh, the deal was basically that she would give it back to him when he was done, when she was done with it. Yeah. Meaning she would just like toss it in the ocean. But like she kind of gets to decide when she's done with it. <laughs> And if she's like being inappropriate with how long she's keeping it, like what is he gonna is he gonna like swim up there and like yell at her from the beach? <laughs> Trigon sucks, dude. Trigon can't do anything. Dude, Trigon's got the coolest tail though. Come on. <laughs> and then and then and then okay, number two is maybe Trigon is just on a like journey of self discovery. Where he's like, this gives me a good opportunity to figure out what I'm like without the tail. You're saying the next book that Madeline Miller is writing is called Trigon. And it's about his adventures after he loses the tail. And then, right. and then the end of that book is he finds the tail taped to the stick at the bottom of the ocean. And he's like, you know what? I don't need it. And he swims away. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is, I'd read that book. I would, I would too. Cause I think he, that sounds lovely. The, the, the other alternative is that he's like a lizard and can just regrow it. So you're saying he doesn't actually need it back. He's like, I can't let somebody have that, that much power. That's so yeah, throw it in the ocean and it will, Ooh, it'll come back to me. And in reality, it just got <laughs> eaten by a bunch of fish. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that that's what happened. Uh, yeah, okay. The, I have one last thing to say about this tale, and then we can move on. So the tale is incredibly important and useful, right? We've already established that. And Circe's, Circe's response to this knowledge is like, hey, I'm in a dangerous situation where things could like fly off the boat and sink into the ocean. I'm going to just wedge it between the supplies that are tied to the deck and like hope that it doesn't fall off. That's that's a good move on my part. This is a spear with which I can threaten Zeus. But I'm going to just like wedge it in the boards of the deck and uh, and hope that the ship doesn't sink to the bottom of the ocean. Come on now, guys. And if I'm Telemachus... Yeah, especially when you think about the fact that that thing might be, like, flying around, and if you touch it, it's you're done. Right. And, and you're in a freaking Greek story, okay? 
odds that the spear gets bumped and kills Telemachus accidentally are pretty high because the symbolism They're there with high. Odysseus and Telemachus, like, come on, seriously, you got to know these things by this point. Where have you been? And, oh. and we're also, we're keeping it, we're keeping it taped on this like, like garbage little stick. That's what we're, that's what we're going to stick with. Yeah, well, uh, Luke, it's really good for uh, roasting marshmallows. So, you know, it's got dual purpose. You should never have, like, tools that only have one purpose, Luke, okay? Mm-hmm. Like the knife wrench. Everybody everybody loves the knife wrench. <laughs> okay, let's, let's semi-move on from the tale okay. and talk about the Odysseus, the whole Odysseus thing. Mm-hmm where uh, Telegonus ends up kind of killing Odysseus. I mean, okay, I, I, I wrote this note down when it first happened, and it seemed like everyone was going to be mad at Telegonus. And, and I'm glad that this wasn't the case, but my note was basically just like, are we ignoring Odysseus's fault in all of this? But fortunately, we were not. And everyone was like, yeah, that dude kind of sucked. <laughs> that, dude, that dude was the worst. I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, absolutely. But you would also think that, like, as soon as it happened, everybody around would have been like, oh, thank God. Okay, we could all chill now. <laughs> like, that guy was crazy. <laughs> but instead, apparently, everybody was like, ah, you killed the king who was being terrible to literally everyone. But you killed him, so we have to be mad at you. It seems unfair. It does seem unfair, especially when you think about, ooh, but I think that there's a chance that everyone thought that Telemachus was kind of similar, like, right? Because Telemachus complains about having to, like, dole out these punishments that Odysseus commanded. So maybe everyone's like, now that Odysseus is gone, I don't want anything to do with that whole squad. Get them all out of here. (laughs) <laughs> put him on the boat i've yeah. got to think that's what it is that's actually a great point uh because telemachus is talking about how he had to hang all the like slaves in their household who slept with the suitors and it was like oh if if you didn't know he didn't like if you didn't know he regretted that yeah that's not a good look for you <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also something to be said for the fact that it sounds like Penelope also encouraged them to leave. So it might not have been entirely everyone being like, get out of Ithaca, please. It might have been Penelope like, oh, we should really go. Things could turn bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's true. Um we, okay, so we also get a story about Odysseus and his like his path, I think, after he left Circe. And we learn that all of his crew died because they ate one of the one of the like sacred cows, one of Helios's cows. Yeah. And this, I, I know I'm sure that this is a well-known story. I just it's been a while. So they. Like, 
the crew, I guess, wants to eat one of these cows, but Odysseus stays up for like days to stop them. And as soon as he falls asleep, they go and eat one. It's like, Odysseus, can you, can you, can you control your men a little bit? Like, I, I don't know what to do about this, but you got to be able to do something. These guys are the worst. Well, it's like the same, like, oh, I, I think this is just a slightly less bad reality than when they first showed up to Circe's door. Like, Circe turned them all to pigs because she was like, yeah, these guys are all about to rape me, so... I'm going to turn them all to pigs. And then Odysseus shows up and is like, hey, yeah, they're not the best of guys, but, you know, they're my crew, so I got to hang with them. So you've got to see this coming. We're like, they were ready to rape this woman. For sure they're going to eat the cows. Like, that's why is that even a question for you, if they're going to do that or not? So, like, mm, I feel like just don't, don't go. Or maybe, like, and like okay so the story is that there's like a big storm that keeps them on the island so they can't leave uh and then they eat the cows i feel like odysseus should have just left him a long time ago right yeah <laughs> like maybe Get a new crew if <laughs> if these are the ones maybe uh do a little next time you come into port have some interviews maybe let some crew members go take on some new ones we need to do a little culture shift. We talk about this a lot on our podcast about how certain organizations and books need to have a have a culture change. I, I'm pretty sure Odysseus is on that list of bad manager who just allows a toxic culture to persist for way too long and it turn it bites him in the ass, you know? Yeah, do you think that there's like there's gotta be a few people that are like reasonable, right? Oh yeah. That are just filing HR complaints like every day. Yeah, and but Odysseus is just not reading them. <laughs> oh, he's definitely not reading them. Are you kidding me? There's no freaking way Odysseus is reading the like, hey, so my lunch was in the fridge uh, yesterday and uh, it was gone at, when I went to eat it for lunch. So if we could just, you know, let the crew know not to eat each other's food out of the fridge. I'd appreciate that. And Odysseus is like, we're going to go to an island where the dolphins have swords taped to their faces and we've got to fight them to get a treasure to get home. So come on, everybody. Also, they're all really hot, but only for me. So I might be there for a while. Obviously only for him. Um, And he's been with these guys for like 15 years. Yeah, he he knows. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that's a huge problem with this crew. If you're with somebody for 15 years and like every time they tell you something is a bad idea and you do it, something really bad happens to you. How do you not learn at that point? Like Odysseus saves them from being pigmen for the rest of their lives. And later on, he tells them, hey, don't eat those cows because it will it's going to be really bad. I heard it was a terrible thing that happens to you if you eat those cows. I'm Odysseus. I've traveled all over the world. I went to the underworld and came back alive. So listen to me. I'm Odysseus. And they're like, yeah, I still want one of those cows, though. 
Here's here's what I think is happening when the cameras aren't rolling. Okay. Odysseus does his big his big explainer where he's like, Don't eat those cows. Where it's gonna be bad. And then all the journalists and the cameras go away and he's like, Hey, crew, I wanna look really cool. Go ahead and eat the cows. Go ahead and eat the cows. I'll save you. I think that's the move. I think that's what he's doing. <laughs> Just after glory. I think he'd have to be a little bit more careful to convince them, though. He'd have to be like, hey, the only reason I told you not to eat those cows is because they are Helioses. They are Helioses. But remember how I saved you from being pigmen? I think we could get out of this one, too. I'm pretty sure we could get out of it. And and they look great. And they look so tasty, right? Oh, yeah. They're like spotless cat. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's what lets you know that they're tasty. No spots. Ooh. Ooh. Do you think... Do you ever wonder if, if maybe they didn't just eat one of the cows, Luke? Now, hold on. Here's what I mean. Okay. So, we already got a story in this book of a really good-looking... Okay, you got me... You've got me going down a direction that I don't want to go. A really good-looking cow and somebody maybe getting a little freaky with the cow. We've actually we've actually had multiple stories. Is there because a... Helios hooks up with his cows? Oh, you're right. <laughs> okay, so then think about it. Think about it. These men are on an island. Maybe they're getting a little hungry, but also on this island are the hottest cows they've ever seen in their lives. Mm-hmm. And on a different island, somebody who's a literal god saw a hot cow and was like, I need to have sex with that. So, like, when Odysseus is telling the story to people, like, he's for sure not going to be like, all my crew slept with the cows on this island and that's why helios got really mad at me he's gonna be like he's gonna be like they ate the cows you know that normal thing people do with cows they did that one right yeah because you can't go down that route because then you're like have to explain how hot the cows were and then you look weird not what you want not a great look so yeah you just simplify it to eating the cow. And I, I think that also explains like how pissed Helios was. I think it was Helios that got yeah, I think it was Helios. Mm-hmm. Um because like if you've got cows, somebody's gonna eat them at some point. Let's be real. Come on. You can't mm-hmm. be that mad. But it's the like top risk of having a cow. That's like the main thing for cows these days. And those days, I think. But Oh, if somebody has like special special time with your cows, I, I feel right. like there there you freak out a little bit. I agree. Okay, because here's the thing about this: you, if they're like starving, right? Yeah, and they're really they're only doing this because they're literally starving and they need food. Like you can milk a cow, and these cows, that's like I know there's some ice cream coming out of these cows. It's a fucking milkshake. Are you kidding me? That's what... Okay. I, I'm on board with you. I think there's more to it. More to the story. Odysseus is not telling us. Gotta be. 
There's gotta be. <laughs> okay, we've solved it. We've solved that mystery. Proud of us. Speaking of speaking of there being more to the story, I have a question. Again, related to just like Greek gods in general. Okay. So Athena is like proposing this view of the future for Telemachus. Like, hey, you know, the the Trojans are creating a new city, which in the like mythology, that city that they found is Rome in Italy. But Athena's like, hey, they're making this cool city. Telemachus, I want you to be the king of this other cool city that's in the same spot and is like a rival to the to the trojans to aeneas and you guys are gonna like create a huge empire it's gonna be awesome and you're gonna fight and it's gonna be just super cool telemachus is like nah i'm not gonna do that so athena gets telegonus to do it when like at what point do you think the gods see like a thousand years in the future when nobody gives a shit about them anymore? And they're like, oh, uh oh, uh oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, what are we going to do about this, guys? What are we going to do about this? Yeah. Because um... they're like profit, they're seeing the future, right? They're being like, hey, I'm going to make cool empires and all this stuff. At a certain point, they've got to see like, Ooh, 2010, nobody cares about us anymore. Oh, that's going to be rough. It's going to be really rough. We've got like 30 people in the world at that point who even care about us. Hmm. Maybe they're maybe they're bluffing a little bit on how much in the future they can tell, right? Because like she's talking about how this city is going to be amazing like, and this kingdom is going to be great. Uh-huh. Maybe it's like, Maybe she's like a, a salesman looking for investors in her, in her, um, like fix me up building, and she's like this 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 building's got good bones, gonna break it down, uh, gonna come back even better than ever. Athena, like, you don't really know. She's pitching a startup. She's like, hey, I'm working on right. this biotech company. Uh, it's gonna make this cool new product. Uh, basically it's a ventilator Ooh, those are really hot right now made out of uh shitty electric stove parts hmm we're gonna start the initial investment at four million dollars come on get on board right right i think i think that might be what it is because if they can all see like that far in the future like what 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 are you guys doing what's going like so i don't know okay Luke, th- this actually leads me to a theory. Ooh. Because this poses a problem. In this in this universe where there are gods and they live forever, in our modern day, come on, there's no Athena. There's no Athena walking around. And, and you'd think the gods would identify that. You'd think the gods would be like, mm, if I don't do something, they're going to forget about me. My theory is Circe makes all the gods mortal with her new mortal powers. And so they just die. And that's Ooh. why, that's why in like a modern, in the modern age, there's no Greek gods anymore. And why they never saw it coming. Okay. 
Cersei turns them all mortal, and then they, they have that big fight they've been wanting to have for a long time, and they all just kill each other. And that's the end. That's the end of it. I, I like this. Because um, it, it, it seems like Cersei has a way to make gods mortal, right? Because she's planning to do it with herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I haven't seen any gods around. I, I haven't seen Athena. I, not recently. I'm not scared of any poison tail. Okay. So. No, he, he's still down there. Okay, yeah, that's true. But, okay, no, I, I, I think that you're right. I think that this is, this is correct. Are we the, are we the, should we write a paper about this? Ooh, we might want to write a paper about this, Luke. Ooh, maybe this is Circe 2 right i'm feeling a mm-hmm. sequel and in circe 2 okay. maybe uh circe invents some kind of cool potion and goes on like a john wick-esque rampage turning all the gods mortal okay. maybe maybe god okay. of war like it's kind of like god of war a little bit but circe's like i'm gonna make you all mortals because y'all Ooh, y'all are terrible yeah. and so it's got there yeah it's it's instead of instead of the like like self growth reflection story that this one was, it's more of just like a action thriller. Yeah, it's an action revenge she, thriller. Uh huh. Where she's uh-huh. like, "You all were assholes to me I my whole it. life. You deserve this." We we cast well, okay, Keanu Reeves not, to play maybe Cersei. Not, got, gotta go, Keanu Reeves. Maybe it's not a sequel, like a in in book form but hbo's making a series right wait wait first season is this book season two see if she's out for blood this is this is outstanding yeah we're getting like eight seasons (laughs) and every now and then like trigon kind of makes a cameo appearance like how's it going up there cersei She's like, oh, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm not done yet, though. I, I'd like to think that the seasons two through seven are interspersed with Trigon's journey that oh, we discussed earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are like, I don't want to say those are the filler episodes, right? But you can definitely skip those and you don't miss out on the main, the main plot points of, of <laughs> Cersei's story. Yeah, I, sure. I think we've solved it. Uh, so, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see that. Yeah, I think we're all ready. I think we're all ready for that. <laughs> what What I would love to see mm-hmm. in my own life is Telemachus coming in and just like doing all my chores for me, because this guy is fantastic, so useful. He knows how to do everything. Yeah. And is like up for everything. Well, he's kind of an idiot too, though. Because Okay. Okay, okay, I get it. He's very he's very capable. He's very handy around the house. Love that. But he's also sweeping the floor every night. And Cersei's like, you know that's that I have a Roomba that just goes around <laughs> and does that. And he's like, No, I like to do it. Okay, Telemachus, you could do like another thing. Like, it doesn't have to be sweeping the floor. 
I've got a squeaky maybe, window maybe over the, here that I'd love maybe you Maybe the to. house doesn't clean the floor well. You know what I mean? Like maybe it just sweeps, but it doesn't mop. You're saying Telemachus has higher standards than Circe does? And Circe's like, oh, yes. no, yeah, dude, that gets taken care of like every day. It's totally good. And Telemachus is like, mm, it's kind of sticky over here on the floor. We're and getting, like, we're going to get ants. You, <laughs> you might not care about that, but I'm going to take care of this place because that's the right thing to do. I, so this wouldn't surprise me at all for, if for Telemachus to have much higher. Circe's in here like chopping up herbs. You know this place looks terrible. You know it does. My guess is that originally it looked good. And the house has like a certain level of cleaning that it does, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it has a budget, you know? It's like $50 daily budget on cleaning up the floors. Mm-hmm. And like before CSC moved in, that was more than enough. But now, since Circe is an absolute slob with all of her herbs and she's, sap and stuff like that. She's got pigs all it's over like, the house all the time. There's wolves running there everywhere. Wolves. Yeah, it's a mess. There's no way the house is cleaning this whole thing up on its own. You're saying you're saying we do not have a smart house situation where she can just throw everything onto the floor and it will suck suck it all away and disappear it if there's anything dirty. No. I'm saying it's like it's like a garbage disposal mm. where it works well with what it's supposed to do. But if you throw, throw in like half of your potato that you cut up and don't want to use the scraps of, it's not going to do that. It's not what it's for. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great point. Like at a certain point, it's gonna, those chicken bones are going to clog the thing up. And you're never going to be able to use it again. Exactly. Yeah, this is such a good point. Okay, I'm with you on this. I'm with you on this. Telemachus is doing good work. But Penelope, though? Were you a little bit peeved that Circe lets Penelope use her, like, loom that was made by the greatest craftsman ever? And the first thing that Penelope makes is a is a robe for her and then the second thing that penelope makes is a tapestry for her it's like okay the polite thing to do when somebody gives you the greatest loom of all time to use whenever you want you make them a little something first like hey Mm -hmm. i'm widely renowned as like one of the best weavers in the world i made you a set of dinner napkins here you go now i can make my project because you know this is like repaying you for letting me use your loom no, this isn't. Yeah, this is an excellent point. You've got to do it. And it doesn't have to be. It's it's more of the gesture, right? It's, yes. It's not like you have to make her a sweater, just like a little, yeah, a little table runner, a scarf, something small and simple, a scarf, something, right? Or at any point, do that, right? Like, sure, maybe you really need this this cloak. Okay, I get it. You make that. And then you start your project for her as a thank you. You start your Circe project as a thank you. And it's thoughtful (laughs) and it just like really ties the room together. It just looks good. But no, you never do that. Penelope, come on. 
the the other thing with this is that she makes this like this gown and i'll say this i don't know a ton about looms but it seems like you can't you can't like take out the gown and start your own project and then put the gown back on when penelope goes back so like penelope is like hey do you mind if i just like try out the loom and so she's like sure go for it i'm assuming you're going to make something small and penelope ties up the loom for like three weeks there's a line in here where Circe is like, I thought about going and just like taking out some stress, doing some work on the loom, but Penelope's Penelope's uh, gown is on there and you would be able to tell that we switched hands, so no. That's so rude. That's so rude. Yeah, it's incredibly rude. And I feel like Penelope should know better, you know? Mm-hmm. Something that that happens in this book that happens in a lot of other books, but I want to point out, is I love when a character just completely owns another character that's way more powerful than them. And the scene where this happens is with Circe and Helios, and Mm -hmm. it was so satisfying to have her just completely own him on like a, hey, you're going to do what I want. Uh, regardless of whether or not you like it. Because I own you, you idiot. Yeah, I have this note as well. Great moment here. So much confidence that Circe's throwing out. Mm-hmm. Um, love to see it. Love to see the, the, the growth from the beginning of the book, right? I think this is the moment that shows the most the most difference in Circe from the beginning of the book to the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's fantastic to see. She just like completely comes into her power. So well-deserved. Helios is a complete asshole. And she even gives him that little off-ramp at the beginning. She's even like, hey, would you just do this for me as like a favor? Because I'm your daughter and that would be a really cool thing to do. And he's like, oh, hell no. And she's like, nice. I kind of wanted to do it this way anyway. I just it was just so yeah. satisfying and it, it happens in you know I I can't think of an example right now but it is a fairly common thing to happen in books where you have a character that's like typically less powerful than another one and they'll just like completely own them at one point it's so satisfying I love it Yeah this was a very satisfying moment I and I like that Telemachus overheard it What do you think his reaction was there you gotta be hype right like you gotta be high he's yeah you start off i imagine there was at least one fist fist pump oh yeah for sure and a little like whispered under the breath like oh get him (laughs) at least at least one of each (laughs) gotta be yeah gotta be no i agree i agree um also so we we talked a little bit about like the gods needing humans to do to like entertain them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And very soon after Odysseus dies and they come back to Circe, they get this note. It's only been like a couple days, right? And Hermes comes along and is like, "Hey, 
Athena wants to talk, get something figured out. Um, get a life, Athena, and other gods. Like, what are you doing? The other thing with this is the beginning of this book, everyone's super pissed at Prometheus because he, like, basically made humanity what it is. Like, what else were you guys going to do? This guy should be getting an award. Right, Prometheus is like the Martin Scorsese of this universe, where just, like, completely changes the game, comes up with the best content they've ever seen, and spawns, like, all these lookalikes of his shit. And they're like, hmm, yeah, put him in jail. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have done that. Really bad, really bad move. But did you see what the humans are doing these days? Crazy. I just, I just think that we owe Prometheus an apology. I think so too. And given the fact that he will live for an eternity, it is almost guaranteed at some point he will get one. So... Mm-hmm. That's nice. Except for when Cersei turns all the the gods to mortals and and goes after them in vengeance. Ooh, that's going to be such a good scene when she goes for Prometheus, right? And that's not going to be a vengeance scene. It's going to be like a mercy scene where she's like, hey, you know, I can't let you be an immortal. And he's like, no, it's cool. Just end it, dog. And she's like, I got you. And like, she finally kind of ends his suffering. And he's like, this is what I wanted all along. It's like... Great scene that oh that will be a good scene. It's gonna be so good. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I'm pretty excited for that. I think that comes in season five. Yeah, that's much later. That's, that's way much. later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my expectation. I'm ready for it. It's great dialogue going on in that scene, I imagine. Yeah, it's um, gonna be powerful. It's gonna be so powerful. <sighs> yeah, okay. And then the the last section, I don't really have any specific notes on, but big moments here, big ending. Um, apparently, Telem- we really like Telemachus. Big fans of Telemachus. He's very, he's a very good guy, I guess. Um, I, what what were your thoughts on? Were you surprised by Circe going for the? mortal move like becoming mortal no so i i kind of thought this might be an option from the beginning of the book if you remember i mentioned like if cersei can turn people into gods maybe she can turn gods into mortals and so like the whole book she was kind of whining about being a god the whole time okay obviously i'm exaggerating a little bit but like i was definitely thinking it could be a possibility for for what happens yeah I was a little bit surprised, but I do think that it, I think that it fits really well. I was pretty into it. Oh. It was a, I think it was a great, a great little ending for Circe. I mean, yeah, outstanding. Hopefully, hopefully her vision is true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like her little <laughs> uh, prophecy, I guess, was very specific, very good. I really hope, I hope that that's accurate because I could see it not being Right, right. Well, because she does have, like, the gift of prophecy, right? So so maybe that's true. But also, maybe she turns into a giant tentacle monster with, like, eight heads. And she's just like, oh, dang. 
Oh, gosh darn it. Right. Or maybe she goes pig. I think that would be poetic. She turns into a big pig monster that roams the island. And, like, now she's just one of the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, that might be what happens. And then, I mean, the, sequ- <laughs> the sequel then would be completely different, right? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I've got a question that I think is going to be divisive. Are we team okay. Daedalus or team Telemachus? Who's the MVP? We can only pick one. That's tough. Who are we going with? Mm. I want to say Daedalus. I'm also team Daedalus right now. Telemachus is like obviously doing doing well, doing good things. Um, But he's, other than his like demeanor is pretty normal you know what i mean like he's a pretty handy guy um he's pretty down to earth i guess like probably the most down to earth person of all time apparently (laughs) right but daedalus was also like very nice very good guy but the greatest craftsman of all time yeah yeah, and pardon the pun, but Daedalus might not have been quite as down to earth as Telemachus. But like, why is that super important? Like, I get it's nice to have a it's nice to have somebody who's humble. It's nice to have somebody who's just like wants to live a good life. But can you live a good life that's also dope? Like, yeah, like imagine, you know, you could just. Okay, okay, hang on, let me think about this. Because Circe and Telemachus want to do like a little travel the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Have an interesting life, even though they themselves will be very boring. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could do that with Daedalus and make it a little bit better. Right. Like, you're not just taking a boat to all these places that you want to see. You're freaking flying there. You're flying... Um, You've got an iPhone. <laughs> you could take great pics and post them on your Insta. Okay. Imagine his loom capabilities at this point. Oh, they'd be they'd be off the chart. They'd be off the chart. You're, even if you don't go even if you don't go flying and he you could just build a ship together that you're gonna travel the world in, that's a great ship. That's got some cool things going on. Okay, and you know Daedalus is a family man. Daedalus mm-hmm. is like basically held prisoner because of his kid. And he's like, I don't want to leave my kid. I'm really into this kid for I don't know what reason. We've already talked about that. But you know he's a family man. Seriously, you know you want to start a family. Telemachus, you don't know. Maybe you have that first one and Telemachus is like, oh, what is this? You're changing the diapers. I'm going to go fishing. I think I think maybe we just got Daedalus at the wrong point in Cersei's life. Mm-hmm, and, that, too early. and that's just the tragedy. You know, it's the one that got away. Mm-hmm. But I agree. But yeah, I really liked the uh, the kind of parallel with the beginning of the story where, you know, at the beginning, 
Cersei falls in love with that. I don't even remember that guy's name. Douchebag guy, whatever his name was. <laughs> falls in love with that guy, makes him a god because she's like, yeah, now we'll be together. And then, nope, nope, definitely not. And so at the end, she's like, ooh, going to learn from my mistakes this time. I really like Telemachus, so we're going in reverse. We're going the other way. Nice. Smart move. Um, okay. Do you want to do you want to transition this into like reviews on the book? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk reviews on the book. Okay. Um let's see. I'll go I'll go first. So, I was very I very much liked it. Very very into it. I as I have mentioned, know very little about Greek mythology. Um so it was it was cool to get little like snippets of well-known stories just from like one just from Circe's perspective um that was cool but the main thing is just like character progression on Circe was just fantastic right um I think it happened slowly uh jumps and starts so we like went forward took a step back occasionally on what I was expecting her to become um and at the end, just got to a got to a great place with uh, with where she was, and I, I just I don't know. I thought it was great. I thought it was great to see Cersei. I was worried with the uh, Odysseus scenes because I think that was a little step back, but we over we overcame the like Odysseus spotlight, which I was very into. I don't know. Overall, really liked it, mainly because of the like the character arc for Circe. Yeah, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I really like this book as well. The The character arc for Circe was very good, and the growth that we saw was very good, and it all felt like, you know, very well-deserved. All these events were very important in her life. Um, I also really liked the kind of new take on the gods, like kind of more of like a modern take on the on the Greek gods, there's a little bit of that in um, American Gods by, I think that's Neil Gaiman, um, which is another good one that has an interesting take on like immortal deities. Um, but I like, I like how the deities in this were like weak in a way. Uh, and they were weak in just that they were like one string instruments, like Cersei says at the end, you know, they only play one note. Um and yeah, I just liked her take on on those characters, and and I I often like to hear what Cersei had to say about other characters and and gods and things like that. So yeah, yeah, I was really into it as well. Really into it. Okay. Pretty Good. excited for that for that action revenge sequel, because uh, this one was definitely not an action revenge sequel, but great book. Right. That that is exciting. Um, okay done with Circe, loved it. Um, next book we're going to do, we actually got this suggestion from a listener. Um, the suggestion came, comes from Torridan EQ a while ago. Um, so thank you for suggesting this book. We're going to be reading Sufficiently Advanced Magic by Andrew Rowe, part of the Arcane Ascension series. Um, that's that should be i think another you know read a third of that book for next week um and 
yeah, thanks again for the recommendation. Yeah. Just a reminder, if you guys want to recommend books to us, um, yeah, we will we'll at some point follow up and, and cover them. So keep those recommendations coming. Yeah, if you want to recommend um, something to us, we've got a subreddit, r don't call it a book club. There's a, a post on there um, where you can reply with uh, your comment for what books you would want us to read. Um, you can also tweet at us at DC at a BC, send us a DM or, or just tweet at us. Or uh, we have an email and that's DCBC at don't call it a book club.com. So if you have any recommendations for books you want us to read, send us our way, send them our way. But you know, whatever, whatever book you send, you've got a guarantee from Luke and Dan, we're going to be coming up with hot takes and acting like dumb nerds. Yeah.